It's Nonprofit Conversations with your host, Cecilia Sepp, brought to you by Rogue Tulips Consulting. This week, we welcome Charity Quick of the Biomedical Engineering Society, and we're going to be talking about membership and how to increase value while minimizing cost. Welcome to episode 173. It's Monday, November 14th. Hey everybody, it's Monday, November 14th, and that means it's time for another episode of Nonprofit Conversations. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Cecilia Sepp. I'm a certified association executive, and I'm the principal and founder of Rogue Tulips Consulting. To our global audience, I would like to say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be. And please don't forget to subscribe no matter where you are, that way you won't miss any of our exciting episodes. This week, we're really excited to welcome back Charity Quick of the Biomedical Engineering Society, who hasn't been on for more than a year. So welcome back, Charity. It's been too long. And would you like to say hello and tell the audience a little about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Cecilia. Uh, Cecilia said, I'm Charity Quick of the Biomedical Engineering Society. I've been in nonprofit association management for, okay, I shouldn't say this out loud, 24 years. I'm also a certified association executive. I'm working on my ninth year as a CEO in my second organization, and I still continue to love it and get excited about what I do every day. Oh, that's great. I think if we could all be excited about what we do every day, that makes it not really so much like work. Uh, they say, if you love what you do, it's not work. But uh, today we're going to talk about one of the things we all love about nonprofits of all kinds, and especially associations, and that's membership. And how can we increase value while minimizing the cost? And when we say minimize costs, not just to the organization, but also for the members so that they can participate as fully as possible. So let's just jump right into that, Charity. You said you've just recently uh, had your annual conference and you're already working on ways to keep members engaged after the conference, which of course is going to increase value for everybody. So what are some of the thoughts you have on that and what's your approach? So the, the society's really been built around our annual meeting. So bringing about 5,000 plus individual members together uh, on an annual basis where they all come, share science, talk to each other, uh, and, and spend this whole week of excitement and passion and, and everything that defines being in biomedical engineering. And then we would sort of break up and go our separate ways for a year and talk to each other by email and do some other things. Um, and that was fine as long as there wasn't a pandemic. So along rolls the pandemic, and this doesn't happen. There isn't a committee, there are in-person committee meetings, there are in-person board meetings. The group can't come together. Um, and so that first year we did a completely virtual meeting and the experience was very different as everyone knows. You, it's just not the same experience. So we started having a lot of conversations about and seeing also if you keep your membership data, which every association executive does and looks at the metrics, you start seeing the membership numbers starting to fall down because one of the biggest reasons they joined was to have that experience at our annual meeting. So we really needed to take a look closely at what some of the things we were going to do to try to keep member engaged throughout the year. So some of those things um, that were, and we're still in the implementation of some of those. So some of those that we have done, which is trying to get our committees a lot more active remotely, working on things, working on initiatives um, together, still trying to keep the momentum. 
So something else we're in the middle actually of implementing is a community platform. So we've mainly relied on having external, uh, using external Slack channels, communicating through Twitter, communicating through LinkedIn, all of those different um, modes of communication outside of the BMES universe. And also if we're sharing documents and collaborating together, we're using things like Dropbox and Box and SharePoint. So we were using all these different tools to come together. So we're in the middle, um, I'm hoping it will be completed by the end of this year, of our own platform where we can form organic groups, we can have all our committees together, um, we can spend time on our chapters, and, and that's another area. So we have 140 student chapters. And what we noticed was we lost a lot of the engagement with our student chapters. So students were coming in, students were leaving. We are finding that these they have to maintain at least 10 paid members to be considered an active student chapter. And many of them were active. So, um, and many, and a lot of the students are members because they're going to the annual meeting to present their research because uh, about 75% of the meeting is made up of students, undergrad, graduate, PhD, and postdoc. So lots and lots of, um, of students at the meeting. So they weren't coming. So we are in this process of doing a major revamp and rehaul of our chapters from how we interface with them, taking those chapters that are award winners and creating webinars so they can explain to other chapters, you know, how did they get an award in mentoring? How did they get an award in outreach? How did they work with high schools to, to build and get people excited about biomedical engineering? That doesn't cost any money. It does cost, it is resources and staff time, but we're just really looked at the, our student chapter program from the ground up and we're in the process right now. We've made some changes, but we're in the process now of really getting them up to speed and revitalizing them because it's a great source of, 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 of membership for us. Uh, and also it gets the attention of other schools that have biomedical engineering programs that don't have a student chapter. And we have some student chapters outside the United States, not many, but we want to grow that program globally. So um, that is another way is really through the, the grassroots of the of the students. So the, lo the local networking, of course, is always important and a really mm -hmm. great value add, I think. So first of all, I, I think that is the most student chapters I've ever heard of is 140. That's awesome. So do you have other chapters besides student chapters? No, we only okay. have student chapters. Okay. Um, we have another group, it's called the Council of Chairs, and that group, it's, it's one of our, so we have special interest groups, and then we have this as a particular group, and that's just the chairs of all the biomedical programs in lots and lots of universities, so that's a very specialized group, and they meet, they have individual meetings. We have a lot of other types of um, affiliated organizations that come to our annual meeting as well. So we stay connected to a lot of different societies and associations through memorandums of understanding, which is also another way to engage and increase membership is working with these other organizations, collaborating on things that are important to both groups. We found there's a lot of times we would write an MOU that had a lot of, we might do something sometime, someday with not real measurable metrics. So we've gotten much better about really um, tailoring them for each organization, getting a lot of input, having very measurable things. We're going to work on, we're going to work on science together. We're going to work on our volunteer. We're going to work on, um, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. So a, a lot of different things that we have that we work on with other associations and organizations through the MOU process that is good for 
um, membership as well. And that's sort of, again, because of COVID, a lot of things sort of just fell off the map and they're back active again. So reinvigorating that program, um, reinvigorating um, student chapters and reinvigorating our membership in general by creating some better engagement and, and through the committee work too, is to um, building our committees back. We lost some committee chairs over the period of time, getting committee chairs back in place, getting the liaisons back with the committees, getting them working again, getting them excited again, giving them um, from the board to the committee, giving them some things to work on. You know, right. we want you to work on this so that they feel part of the strategic plan and engaged. So, um, you know, I think that the pandemic made everybody sort of go into how do we survive mode? Mm -hmm. and, and now we're back into how do we, let's go back into a flourish mode. How do we um, realize our full potential and our members' potential and keep them um, happy and engaged with the organization. Now, even though the intervene is back and that's great, we just want to keep the momentum of, of also having them involved in other things and excited about other things and engaged. Wow. You know, wow. And that is so much. I mean, I think you just summarized 2020 and 2022 in that statement for what everybody <laughs> had to do and what we're trying to do, keep doing and building actually on the momentum that the lockdown created, because mm -hmm. one of the things it did was encourage some different kind of thinking. Now, I know it was a little tougher for academia, which is where you work. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a little harder for them because it is really hard to teach in a virtual environment when you're used right, to right. being in a lecture hall or in a laboratory or in a small classroom and actually having that regular interaction. But I also think we should call 2022 the year of chapter revitalization because mm -hmm. you are not the first uh, chief staff executive I've spoken with who said, we're working on updating our chapter program. We're trying to make it work better. We're trying to make it more robust. We're trying to make it easier for people to get involved. And I think, especially with students, getting them to feel connected and, and mm -hmm. giving them that opportunity, not just to present research, but to see how they could participate later if they uh, go into academia and stay in BMES in whatever capacity you can join BMES. I'm not a biomedical engineer, so I don't know. But uh, <laughs> no, but this is great. And you also had mentioned uh, more about that engagement, uh, having people engage outside of that big annual conference, uh, which I think is a great way to respond to what happened. So what, ha what have you seen any results from your work on increasing that engagement outside conference? So we definitely have in the, in relation to our students and our student chapters. And what we see is a lot of times with, and again, again, students are the big majority of our membership and that's where the most transition is. So uh, a bunch of new ones will come and ones will graduate and ones will leave. And the progression is you're a student uh, member, you're an early career member, and then you're a professional member. So the professional member is a pretty is a pretty steady group. So that's a, a lot of academics and, and folks in industry who've been members a long time and maintain their membership. So that's an easy group. And then of course you have a little transition in the early career because you can only be an early career member for a fixed number of years and then you move into the professional member. So that transition is easy. But the hard group is the students. So um, that we have definitely seen membership go up again, now that we have an in-person meeting and then starting to work with them because the, you know, the numbers for us go where the student members go. So, you know, if we have 7,000 members and we lost 2,000 students, we're at 5,000, but that's usually where the change is. So 
keeping them, getting them at the annual meeting, keeping them engaged throughout the year, if they're in a chapter or not through, through a chapter, but even if there's a student member access to a lot of those um, different tools. So a lot of the presentations that we're, we're putting up through that process, we're, we're starting to get, we've had a few of those, we're starting to gain momentum on that, on the webinars and, and how to run, not only how to run a chapter, but things like how to present, how to put an abstract together, how to present a paper, you know, all the different things they might need. The other big thing that our students want is connection to industry. The vast majority of our students go into industry. They don't go into academia. So oh, making connections for them with our industry people beyond just what they get at the annual meeting. So that's another thing we're working on too. So we're just hoping to keep seeing that uh, student number go up. Wow. That, well, and that's really, I'm glad that you clarified that about, well, actually a lot of the students are going to work in the industry area mm -hmm. because that, that actually makes sense because that's where they can actually create things and right, build right. things and being able, that must be such a good feeling knowing that you're helping the next generations come along of, of biomedical research and and making the world better for the rest of us in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, and that's really, if you talk to our professional members, particularly those members from industry, that's really, if you get down to the nitty gritty with them and say, why are you a member? And, and he's like, professionally, it, the science where it is and stuff may not do it enough for me, but where I'm getting my satisfaction is mentoring mm -hmm. young people who may do great things and change the world. Because biomedical engineers, have have changed the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, just our annual at our annual meeting, we had um, Dr. Cato Lorenzen, and I don't know if you know um, Dr. Lorenzen, but he is amazing. He won um, he won the Science and Technology Medal uh, presented to him at the White House. Um, oh wow! President Obama, and he's just an, uh, I've never seen anyone that's won so many awards. Amazing man, and he's just. He's in, I think it's called the, it's called the 30, I think by 2030, he's, mm -hmm. he's trying, they're trying to grow a human limb for replacement for people that have been severely injured um, or, um, you know, born with, um, without limbs, et cetera. So it's, just, he's working with like the brightest minds in the world, trying to grow a limb. And you just realize, you know, he was a student at one point. And he was mentored by people that he talked about in his presentation. And these people might literally, you know, heart valves were created by these people, just so many things. So you just, you never know who's in the room. And that, and when we go to our meetings, what's so exciting about them is that people are also excited about science. They're just super excited about science. And so it's, it's, it's very cool. Um, so to be a part of it is a, is a neat thing. Well, and I'm just like, still processing what you said about growing a limb for someone, because uh, I've done some reading uh, in the news about using 3D printing to make mm -hmm. it organ transplants. And to, well, I guess you don't make an organ transplant, but to replicate someone's organ mm -hmm. for right. transplant. So growing someone's limb and I'm guessing you probably need their cells. So there's no rejection. They have, they have come up with artificial stem cells as well which is oh, one of the projects. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Again, um, wow. many times I will, uh, you know, I'll have to be honest, I am not a biomedical engineer either. So 
sometimes I sit in a room and I'm, I'm getting maybe, you know, 40% of what they're saying. A lot of it is very technical, but then, you know, you get to the outcome mm-hmm. and what it meant and, you know, the years of dedication and the, and the patents and the hours they spend in the lab and just, you know, they're, they're just doing it, um, you know, not just for scientific credit, but honestly, it's so many of them, it is to better mankind. It's, it's to make life better for somebody. And so it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Wow. The, you know, and you were talking about years of uh, working toward outcomes and in science, it does sometimes take decades to, to find the answer or to create uh, an artificial limb for someone mm-hmm. But to kind of bring it back to our usual topic of nonprofit management, a lot of what we do there is supporting our members Mm -hmm. to have successful outcomes. Mm -hmm. And for a person like you, you, who is a chief staff executive, that's your main goal to, to support people towards successful outcomes for the organization. And by protecting and supporting the organization, you support the members and what they're trying to accomplish and increases their value of membership. And that value uh, can be measured in dollars, but I think it's usually measured in spirit than dollars. Uh, So, well, this has been great. Uh, I hate to say we're at the end of the episode already because one, it's been a year since you've been on and we should have you on more often. Uh, So I'm just like, wow, mind blown. It's been a whole year, but uh, this, this is great. I always love having chief staff executives on to share that perspective, because as you know, I do a lot of work with CAE candidates and helping them think that way. So this has been wonderful. Now, as you know, before we go rogue, we like to ask our guests for a closing thought, like what do you want the audience to take away today? And then if they wanted to follow up with you and talk to you more, Mm -hmm. what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, The best way to get in touch with me is to just email me at charity at bmes.org. Super easy. Um, you were saying measure, you know, measure the impact on your members, you know, in dollars is one thing, you know how we measure ours closing thought. We measure ours with our tweets. Oh, um, really? We absolutely know the temperature of what's going on with our members and our tweets have led to so many different things. You would be amazed. Not all good. Many of them great and good, but sometimes we're like, there's a problem here. Um, and it'll, it's generally the first place you're at is on Twitter. So just, <laughs> that's my closing thought. Pay attention to social media and, and pay attention to what's on your members' mind. Well, and it's also, the, you know, they may not be on Twitter they may be on in a LinkedIn group or wherever, mm-hmm. but yeah, go where your members. I agree. That's a great closing thought. Go where your members are and find mm-hmm. out what they're talking about. I yeah, love yeah, that. Thank you so much. So everyone, I want to again, thank our guest, Charity Quick, the executive director of the Biomedical Engineering Society, who not only knows a lot about how to help members, but is learning all kinds of cool things like about growing additional limbs for people. So (laughs) we'll have to keep an eye on this organization and see what else they do. So uh, thank you again, Charity. Really appreciate you coming. No problem. Thank you, Cecilia. We have to go rogue for now but we'll be back uh, actually the week after Thanksgiving. So we will not have a new episode next week. Happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate in the United States. And if you don't celebrate, sorry, we won't be back till the end of November. <laughs> but uh, do subscribe and make sure you don't miss that next episode with Lissetti Lissetadetti. If you'd like to learn more about Rogue Tulips Consulting, check out our website, 
rowtulips.com and we can talk about how we can help you bloom outside the box. If you're a CAE candidate or current CAE looking for CAE education, please check out the Rogue Tulips education program, the 501c league at 501clleague.net. On behalf of myself and Charity, thanks for joining us for this episode and we'll see you next time.